Tonight's episode is brought to you by the letter R. R like reverb. And the letter E. E like echo. By the way, these effects are not intentional today. Are we going to talk about cold opens? Um, yeah, sure. So, um... I, I have a critique. Okay, go ahead. I don't think you understand how cold opens work. How do cold opens work? They're the thing that goes before the, the theme song. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like just like a random bit of like ridiculousness humor. Oh, okay. And then the music starts. Oh, oh, okay. So that's uh, what you meant by cold open. and then we're like surprised to discover that hey we're recording oh hey hey i didn't see you come in there <laughs> hi everybody so, so guess, guess who, who just wandered right into the office oh hey brian Oates, how, how are you doing, doing today oh, i'm doing pretty good uh just uh not playing some D tonight so i can be here and talk to you guys now is uh, your girlfriend running D tonight uh, she is. Uh, she's hopefully killing uh, all the party that's there, but uh, I don't think she's going to. She's a little too nice for that. So did you hear about the new game that everybody's playing uh, in terms of D&D, Gloomhaven? Yes, uh, it's kind of like a, a board game mixed with an RPG. I've not actually had the chance to uh, play it. I've definitely seen the box, and I've seen the price tag on the box. It definitely looks uh, good. I just don't know if I like the idea of... Uh, you know, once you play it, you've played it because you have to put stickers on it and everything. So I'm trying to get over that whole idea that it's kind of a legacy game. Yeah, um, I, I have a couple friends from work and they are hardcore into the game. They have like a whole one night a week where they do it. They've even gotten to the point where they're retiring characters and it seems like a lot of work for me. <laughs> Yeah, I I agree with that. It seems like a cool concept. It, it's a nice nice way to bridge the gap between your traditional RPG and a board game. So I think it's definitely got a, a market. So anyway, uh, thank you for listening again to uh, RGCWV, Random Geek Culture, right here in West Virginia. Uh, tonight we have Mike Mallow as my co-host. Mike, say hi to everybody. Hi, I sound like crap tonight. Well, we appreciate <laughs> you anyway. I just thought I'd mention that up front, so, you know, the, the sniffling and hacking and all that um, is is understandable. And then, of course, we have Brian Motes. Brian is a uh, uh, organizer for Extra Life here in uh, North Central West Virginia. Um, tonight, we're going to talk about a few things um, with Extra Life. We're going to discuss both what the charity is, also what Brian and North Central West Virginia does for Extra Life. It's tradition around here that we um, ask our guests what they geek out about. I actually uh, totally geek out about Freakazoid. I love 
that show. I, I have probably watched that show 20 plus times. In fact, uh, I've got my uh, 10-year-old daughter into it, and she loves Freakazoid as well. It's just so witty, and uh, actually Mike is the one that got me into it. Yeah, back in 97. Back in 97. And I will say 10 years old is a good entry point to get into that. <laughs> it was almost like the uh, Animaniacs follow-up. It was. Oh. I mean, I know that everybody says the Animaniacs follow-up was Pinky and the Brain, but Pinky and the Brain was its own thing. Pinky and the Brain was more of a spinoff than a follow-up. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, Brian, what do you geek out about? So, I guess the thing I'm, I'm geeking out about uh, the last 24 hours is uh, Starlink. Have you seen that game? Oh, I've heard about it. I I decided to pick it up because it has uh, for the Switch. It has the R Wing and Fox McCloud as your 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 characters, and you can use them. And they're like like Amiibo or Skylanders, basically. And you put you put this thing together, and you can use it in the game. And uh, I've only played it about two or three hours, but so far I'm really really enjoying it. It's kind of like uh, I don't know. It's sort of like uh, Grand Theft Auto in space in a way, but you're just in your own ship you kind of go place to place doing missions. So it's kind of got like uh, RPG elements to it in some, in some sense. So I was, uh, I was watching uh, a video about that today. Um, Arlo. I don't know if you've ever seen the U- YouTuber um, Arlo. He's yeah. a, <laughs> he's hilarious. I love watching Arlo. It's, it's the combination of two of my favorite things uh, combining Muppets with, <laughs> with Nintendo. It's great. But um, uh, he was he was he got the whole kit, the whole Starlink kit from uh, whatever whatever publisher uh, does that because it yeah because it's not Nintendo directly it's Ubisoft right yep. um, and he was taking off parts mid mission and putting on new parts and I was like man that adds a whole new element to the game I mean they they had a some cool with like Skylanders and everything where, you know, you could change out your characters, but being able to change out the parts in the payload of your actual vehicle while you're playing, that is really cool. This game and uh, Mario Rabbids, I'm very, very impressed with the partnership between Nintendo and uh, Ubisoft. Ubisoft has really come up in the last, I would say 10 years. They have completely turned their company around from what everybody wrote off as just a cash-grab company to one that really listens to the community and hears what we want. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, just I mean, yeah, you just mentioned rabbits, but I mean, you've got other games like uh, uh, Siege, Rainbow Six Siege. They uh, they've done um, a lot for that game in its upgrading. Um, however. I will mention the um, For Honor. That game is a hell of a lot of fun to play. The uh, big problem with that game is its pay structure. Like, for instance, I got the starter pack. And after I started playing it, I was like, man, I like this game. I think that... Because uh, the starter pack's only 20 bucks. So I was like, you know what? I really like this game. The starter pack I'll just consider was a good demo. And I'll get the rest. Well, it was on a, it was on sale, so I was going to be able to buy the rest of the game um, for uh, thirty bucks, essentially. Buy the you know the, the the full game. 
I go to check out and it tells me that I cannot in any way upgrade the, my starter pack copy. I have to buy it in the in-game currency. Oh, God. That's that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, so I, I really like For Honor, but it deterred me from wanting to play it more because of its pay structure. How did we even get on that topic? We really uh, go... That's what I geeked out about. Oh, yeah, that's what, that's what it was. You know what? We go off on so many tangents. There's a reason why I call this random geek culture. Because this is what exactly what we as geeks do. We just go off on one tangent to another, and it's just like one big roulette where you don't know where we're going to land. We, we did that last week, too. We were talking about... Uh, what were we talking about? We were Oh, yeah. We were talking about Smallfoot, and then we were talking about Disney Animation, and then I don't know how we got on it. Oh, we... Then we talked about uh, the uh, the the casting choices. That's what it was. We were talking about the casting choices for Aladdin, and then we were talking about the casting choices for um, for Be Dark Knight Rises, and then we were talking about um, comparing uh, the DC universe to Avengers. It was in totally not planned, totally organic, and just uh, all, all uh, over the place. Yeah, all over the place. It's it. <clears throat> It's really funny how we do that. Well, let's go ahead and skip over to, to our, our main, our main event tonight. You mean not asking Mike what he geeks out about? Well, I already did ask you what what Mike geeks out about. Does Mike want to? Oh, I, I, so I only get to do it one time. Okay, I got you. Now set, set me up. Mike, what do you geek out about right now? Um, Adobe Photoshop coming to the iPad. I saw that. Yeah, I'm no. pretty sure I mentioned it on Twitter. And, and truthfully, I think it's really, really smart. And it's not just the fact that the iPad has gotten powerful enough to handle something like that, but the new pencil that's coming out for it. Right. And I, I've been looking for a reason for years to get one because I can never justify because to me, you know, I've got to have a laptop because I'm a power user mm -hmm. and they just don't offer the stuff I need for an iPad. Yeah. And and this is the first major step into getting what I need on there. It's it's not all the way yet. If if Adobe put their entire suite on there, then I I'm game. Um and I don't expect that for quite some time, but but this is a good enough start that I'm willing to invest in that down the road. Tonight we are going to talk about Extra Life. Extra Life is uh charity. Um it well Actually, you know what? Let's go ahead and uh, ask our guest because uh, I think Brian knows a little bit more about Extra Life than I do. Thank you, Luke. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Uh, I have two questions for you. Yes. One, do you like games? I love games. Okay. Do you enjoy sick children? I don't... I'm not going to say I enjoy sick children. In fact, when I see a sick child, I want to see what I can do to make them better again. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people just think of gamers these as these people who just sit in front of a TV or sit in a basement and aren't social. But really, gamers have a lot of passion. And I mean, when you give them something they're passionate about, which is games, and you give them a good cause to work towards, put those two things together and you can make magic happen. And that's exactly what Extra Life has done. Well, I, I, I feel... Okay, okay so, so I've heard, heard several... Uh, several um, 
stories on the reason why gamers are the way they are. And in reference to this, uh, the best explanation I ever heard was when it comes to um, trying to or finding a cause that a gamer feels passionate about is we are part of a narrative in a game. We are not watching a movie We are where we are passively seeing that movie. We are actively a part of that game. And when we see something that we can truly affect, sometimes that hits us on a personal level and not because we personally uh, felt that or went through that, but we went through that throughout a external medium. Yeah, that... Wow, I never even thought about it like that. That's that's a really good analogy. Let's just ask this question: How can um, we get involved? I mean, if we're if we don't want to um, be one of the gamers that uh, does this marathon, um, how how do we how do we help out? Well, there's a couple ways. I mean, obviously, you could uh, find someone who's part of Extra Life. Uh, there's quite a few of us. I think they're I ask uh, the people at the hos- our hospital locally, um, there's 136 people registered in West Virginia right now, and that number will grow over the next two weeks. So there's a lot of people involved. So if if you know somebody or if you don't know somebody, um, go to www.extra-life.org and you'll find the Extra Life website. And if you know somebody, you can actually search by them by for name uh, on there and you can donate straight to their page. Uh, they take PayPal and most uh, credit cards. Also people who are part of it uh, can take cash donations and, and send those in as well. So, I mean, the, obviously one way is simply donating. Uh, other ways is, you know, go onto this website, learn about it, spend 10 minutes watching the uh, story about Victoria and, you know, if you don't want to get involved yourself, if you're not really a gamer, if you don't have the, the time to commit, um, you know, talk to your friends. Maybe someone else would be interested in doing it and, you know, they can sign up, join a team and uh, help raise uh, funds, share on social media. I mean, there's a lot of ways to be involved, but those are a couple of the big ways. Gotcha. Now, <clears throat> um why why do you guys do a 24 hour marathon why uh, is there a reason why you do a 24 hour marathon i think that's just the structure that it was set up originally as it's sort of like the, the idea behind it is when you go to ask people to donate you tell them hey i'm doing this 24 hour events it's for a good cause would you sponsor me so one way that you could sponsor people is say well hey i think you you're going to last uh 20 hours so i'll sponsor you five dollars for every hour that you manage to successfully do so i think it's kind of like the phonathon because i think the original the thing that they started with victoria when she was still alive was it was a phonathon so i think it just naturally progressed from you know being on phones uh collecting money from people sounds a little bit like a um a -a walkathon as well Yes, exactly. So, I mean, there's a lot of those thons that do mm-hmm. something for X amount of time or X amount of distance. And I think 24 hours, just it, it's a it's a good number. I mean, it's a long number, but uh, uh, they also even tell you, you don't have to do it for 24 hours. If you, if you have a team, 
you could tag off to people. Or if you want to do the whole 24 hours, but you can't do it in one setting, you can even do it over multiple weekends split up. So you could do four weekends of six hours. So I mean, I didn't know that. Yep, you absolutely can. Brian, can I uh, can I uh, come in and play for a couple hours and give one of you guys a break? Absolutely, you may. You can do that. So uh, when for is our that? event? Yeah, when is your yeah. event? So it will be on November third at the Meadowbrook Mall at the Four Horsemen shop and outside of the Four Horsemen. Okay. Uh, we will be starting at 10 a.m. and running until 9 p.m. Uh, once we get to the 9 p.m. part, uh, we're going to be doing overnight for those who are actually running games during the day. Okay. So uh, there'll be people still invited to stay overnight as well, but uh, that overnight portion, since we are in a store and we have to be responsible for uh, the store's inventory and everything, we do want to kind of keep it a, uh, a little bit of a smaller group. Last year, we had, um, I believe it was about 35 or 40 people that ended up staying uh, overnight, even though we had about 125 people throughout the day. So, wow. it, it, yeah, it's definitely, definitely great. And, uh, you know, Mike from the Four Horsemen and all the staff there have been great about letting us do this. I mean, there's no reason they have to, you know, leave this space open for us to play in for 24 hours, but they do, they trust us. And, uh, we, uh, we respect that. And, uh, it's, it's great for the store. It's great for us. Well, I think that, uh, one of the reasons why they want to open up their doors to you guys is the same reason why I'm doing this podcast right, right now with you as a guest. I, I don't feel like I could do a 24 hour stint. I, I had a marathon just recently with a group of guys, and after six hours, I was done. I was tapping out. And, uh, you know, I thought, you know, what else could I do? And then, you know, this the, the podcast kind of materialized out of that, and uh, I wanted to have you on, it, you know, because I, I want to help out with this charity in any way I can. I didn't know about the whole tap out thing. So, you know, if I can, if I can come for a couple hours and just... You know, give somebody a break, let them take a power nap in their car or something like that. That that I that that definitely sounds like something I could do. Yeah. Uh, so definitely, uh, you're you certainly should come. Um, and anyone else who's listening to this, come up on November third and uh, come play some games with us. Um, mm -hmm. uh, we'll have raffles. Uh, we've actually gotten a lot of support from some publishers. I've reached out to a number of publishers who sent us some swag to raffle off. Um, uh, Smirk and Dagger and Smirk and Laughter, a uh, a company that does uh, board games. They sent us uh, three games to uh, raffle off and play to win. Oh, cool! Uh, yeah, uh, I forget. It's student bodies. It's a zombie game. Uh, that'll be in our raffles. <laughs> and uh, student bodies. Yep, that's awesome. I love that name. Yeah, and uh, two games in our play to win. Uh, so you all you have to do is come and play the game. Write your name on a little index card, and you'll be in a raffle to win that at the end of the night. So there's not even a purchase on the the the, the not so fast games, which is a, a zany little game where it's an agility game where you have these cards and you're waiting for the right pairing of uh, either cashews, peanuts, or whatnot to pop up, and you reach for these little wooden well uh, nuts. So it's a it's a zany little game. Um, so they sent us those stronghold games. Um, he supported us financially by making a donation. Arcane Wonders, uh, the company that makes uh, Sheriff of Nottingham, mm -hmm. um, 
and some other uh, really fun party games, they gave us a, a, a discount coupon that we're going to be able to raffle off that someone can get 50% off their entire order. They buy one thing from everything from that site. It's all half off minus shipping. Wow. Uh, a local company up in PA uh, who, who's made this really funny zombie cow game called shoot cows. They're supporting us by sending us three copies of the game. And it's a fun, fun game. They were a popcorn had so much fun with that game. So I'm excited. They're helping us. WV popcorn. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. Yep. Just, yeah. Uh, and three other companies, uh, Elderwood Academy, Die Hard Dice, and Kraken and Dice, all well-known in the, the dice-making uh, uh, company. They, they've got amazing dice, metal dice, uh, uh, precious metal or precious uh, gemstones like amethyst. Yeah. Uh, wonderful wooden cases. So they've sent us some, some stuff to raffle off as well. So, um, yeah, we've gotten a lot of support, and we're, we can't be happier. Well, I mean, you guys have uh, nice. been been building up over the last couple of years. Yeah. Now, I, am, I, I imagine that uh, you guys will probably want to uh, um, uh, maybe in the next uh, few years get some uh, of those new Xbox grease-proof controllers. Have you seen these? I just heard about that this morning. I've got to check that out. Yeah, uh, it, it, it was a promotion for, uh, for PUBG. Uh, for hmm. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds for on yeah. the Xbox, because you know they they're now on Xbox, even though they're dying because of um, oh what is it the 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 uh, is is it Call of Duty? PUBG is suffering like seriously for it. But besides that, um, they came out with a new um, grease-proof controller that they only made like so many of, and you have to like enter into a raffle, but. Beside the point, um, the, the the grease proof controller is getting some attention, some uh, some traction. It's coated with this like polyurethane, and um, I was watching a, a video on it, and the guy said it it literally um, works better than some of these other controllers. Um, it uh, does res it does resist grease. It's certainly not proof, but it is much better than uh, than uh, a traditional controller. That is interesting. I'd definitely like to see one of those in person. Of course, I'm sure, unfortunately, like most limited things, that'll become an eBay special here oh, in a few my, months. Yeah, I mean, just look at uh, the, the NES Classic when it first came out. You had those yep. things going for like three, four, five. Yeah, I even saw $900 for one. I spent months on eBay looking for one. Yeah, yeah. I, I was lucky enough to have a wife that um, knew that it was coming out, and she, I was, I was, I was traveling back from work, and she said she calls me up when I'm when I'm on the highway, and she's like, "Hey, where are you?" And I'm like. I am just getting off the Jerry Dove exit. And she goes, why aren't you getting off there? And I'm like, well, I could tell by the tone of your voice that you want me to turn around from wherever I am. <laughs> so I turn around and I'm like, what, what do you want me to do? And she goes, I want you to go to Walmart and I want you to get in line for the Nintendo. I completely spaced on the idea that the, uh, the Nintendo Classic was coming out that day. And I just happened to get there and be the last person in line. 
I still didn't even know what it actually was until she got there and she's like, uh, Merry Christmas, I guess. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, this is the line for the Nintendo classic. And I'm like, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) and then of course I got the SNES classic when it came out, but they were not lacking in, uh, in, uh, supply this time. Did I tell you I got an NES classic finally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm glad that Nintendo finally made a, a a remake of that or a reprint, essentially. Yeah, I was just, just walking through Target one day. I was like, oh, there's a whole stack up behind the case. Bought it, didn't even think about it. Have you, you hacked, hacked it yet? yet? Nah. Um, I'm, I'm still I'm still playing everything. Uh, Brian, are, are, do you have a, one of the classic systems? Yeah, I actually didn't get the first round of the NES Classic. I wasn't sure I really wanted it at the time, mostly because I already have Nintendo. But uh, when it came back out after the SNES, yeah, I ended up picking both up. And yes, I hacked the first one on the uh, uh, the NES Classic on day one. So I've got like, I think about 80 or 90 games on it right now. Yeah, I I have somewhere around that as well. Um, and I wasn't even going to hack it. But then I was thinking about it, and I was like, it doesn't even have my favorite game for Nintendo, which is the original Ninja Turtles. I oh, yeah. loved that game. I it could was missing my favorite one, too. Which one was that? Bionic Commando. Hmm. Wait, it wasn't on the original? Nope. No. I, I, I have Bionic Commando on mine, but I forgot that it wasn't on there. Yeah, it wasn't. That is a missed opportunity. That was the only one I, that, that I missed that I wanted on there. Yeah, uh, it also didn't have... I don't know if it's my favorite game for the NES, but it's one that I've played many, many times, and not a whole lot of people even know of it. Uh, Journey to Silas or Celius. Mm. Have you heard of that? I've heard of it. Mm. Yeah. It was originally supposed to be an official Terminator game, but it kind of got delayed, and it was about the time that terminator 2 came out so they pulled their license from it saying no we don't want this game now so they had already had a completed game so they just did a little reskinning a restory and this amazing uh 2d shooter or platform shooter game uh was born in, uh, under a title that probably nobody even heard of so sounds like a doki dory panic yes yeah, that's what i was thinking <laughs> yep mario 2 mario 2 man I tell you what, when I was a kid, I was like, man, this is so innovative. This is nothing like the other Mario. It's because it wasn't intended to be. <laughs> hey, but you know what? That that game has spawned so many things in the future Mario game. So, yeah, you know, it worked. I mean, you, yep. you, you, uh, that, but that, you know what? That's, that's what happens sometimes. You, you, you have an IP that just tries something new and it, totally evolves into something completely different that ha- wasn't even intended. I mean, just look at the As- Assassin's Creed game um, uh, 3. They just added the pirate ship uh, mechanic as, a, as an afterthought. People loved it, and then Black Flag came out. Circle back around to Extra Life. So, um, Brian. Yes. Um, I was reading up a little bit about um, Extra Life, and the one thing that I found that was very interesting was unlike other charities the this is 
specifically and uniquely designed to take care of uncompensated care like um un, uh, it's uh, as they call it uh what is it uh unrestricted care mm-hmm. um where like something that an insur- insurance won't uh cover or maybe that isn't uh, uniquely um attached with a medical or hospital visit that would help the child's recovery this is what those funds are intended to do yeah so um so i think each hospital uses the funds differently Mm -hmm. so what uh the west virginia hospital has done over the last few years is they've had like a project that they would say okay what can we do to make the quality of life better for the kids and they pick a project and that's what the funds get allocated to year so uh, i know uh two years ago or three years ago i believe they um got cameras installed at the uh in the area with the babies mm-hmm. where the families when they have to go back to work because obviously unfortunately the reality is is these things cost money and um i mean you gotta still be able to work so they can actually go in and i believe see their children even when they're at work so that's hmm. that's a great a great thing that they Very provided. Cool. Now, from, and, from what I, I've read, they have additionally um, used these funds to uh, buy like video game systems for these children. That um, well, for instance, um, I, I don't know if you know this about about me, Ryan, but um, I um, was one of the uh, kids. Well, I was in high school at the time, but I was one of the kids that. Uh, I was recovering from brain surgery. And one of the things that my therapist in the recovery was saying that I needed to work on my fine motor skills. She suggested that I know getting a little bit of my personality. She suggested that I actually spend some time every day playing video games. So in our recovery ward, we had a Super Nintendo, um, and I spent a lot of time playing Donkey Kong. And oh, absolutely! Um, I actually have a shirt that uh, I will not throw away. I've had it for twenty years, uh, and it's it it's literally says Nintendo Rehabilitation Clinic. Now, <laughs> the intention of the shirt is. It is supposed to be ironic, but for me, it, it has, a, has a personal... It means a lot to me, because every time I see that, that's what I think of, is that video games literally helped me recover from brain surgery. Yeah, I'm, I remember when that happened. I remember going down there, and I think you were actually playing Ocarina of Time. Oh, yeah! When, Nathan when let me... You. Yeah, Nathan let me borrow his N64. I forgot about that. Because it, it had just come out, well, I guess it had been a couple years at that point. Yeah. So it was a fairly new game at that time. Yeah, and and that, oh man, I played, and I couldn't play that when I first started recovering because I couldn't, I couldn't control the analog stick with my thumb. Uh, but as I, as I got better with my fine motor skills, I was able to, and that was one of the things that pushed me to get better, was... Being able to play this this new Zelda game that looked so cool, oh, man. Yeah, so actually, uh, that that is something else that they do uh, get funds for. I believe uh, 
companies and individuals donate systems. And um, one of the, I think it was last year, uh, the thing that the hospital got was basically like a red box and it's stocked with games and movies and they can use their little, I guess, bracelets or something to go over and rent a game out and take it back to their room and they can play it. That is really cool. Yeah. Any final plug? Well, I'll just uh, make another, I'll just invite people again to come out and join us on November 3rd at the Meadowbrook Mall at the Four Horsemen Shop. And outside of the Four Horsemen Shop, we're going to have, I think, 20 plus tables of board games, RPGs, obviously all the raffles that I mentioned earlier to be available. And if you want, you want to join our team, uh, you can go to extralife.org and search for the team WV Gamers, all one word. And you can uh, find us and join our team, or you can find uh, Brian Motes on there and join the team that way as well. It's it's free to join. Uh, there is a platinum option where you pay $19 uh, for a donation. And um, you can basically get challenges where if you meet certain donation levels that you get some free swag from a company such as uh, Carved, who makes amazing wood cases for phones and uh, some other things. So... Um, I hope to see everybody come out uh, that day and make it a, a big, successful day for us. Yeah, so you can either find me on uh, Facebook uh, br as Brian Motes. Uh, I probably have like a weird Mexican hat going on uh, from my birthday. God, it's been back in January. Uh, or you can get a hold of me at my email address, Motes, M-O-A-T-S-B-F, at gmail.com. I'm going to be in uh, Weston that day, so if I have some extra time left over, I may swing up that way. Well, if you do, if you do, Mike, um, I think what we might have to do is maybe um, uh, a live broadcast. <laughs> a live broadcast. A live broadcast, our first ever. A remote. <laughs> a remote. A remote with the moats. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, we would love to have you guys there. All right. Well, uh, we'll uh, see if we can uh, stop down and uh, help support the cause. Mike, I don't know if you have seen um, the development on the new Switch VR. I haven't. Mm -hmm. But I'm interested. Yeah, I was too, until I actually started reading into it. <laughs> so, so what exactly is is this supposed to be? I saw that the Switch has had a hidden VR feature that you know all the hackers have missed all this time so like what exactly has been released so far beyond like the patent and the leaked information about what's in the code okay well let's just start with the, the current release um there is a company um it's called the ness or ns glasses and what it is is it's like a google cardboard and it's it's a current working model and you slap your um your switch right into the unit and you put it on and like the google glasses or like the uh, google cardboard you would expect it to have a actual 3d projected image it doesn't split to two different eyes it is oh, one big lenticular lens so it's just a theater mode for your switch and looking at the uh screens and everything it's an out of focus image 
uh, of your Switch. So that's where they are right now. There is a company that produces these things, and I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know why this is a thing. <laughs> it's it's weird that Nintendo, you know, they, they should know 3D by now because they had the 3DS. So that just doesn't make sense why they would let that pass. Well, it's you know. A company that just has a unlicensed piece of hardware that they're selling. I mean, because it's not a Nintendo product at all. And Nintendo's always been good about giving their stamp of approval on things. I guess maybe things have changed since you know the eighties and nineties. Yeah, things have definitely changed. I mean, for instance, I mean you can plug up um, most USB uh, controllers, and it works with the with the Switch. Um, mm-hmm. You can also um, use almost every Bluetooth controller with the Switch. Yeah, so for what I'm seeing on here, it looks like it's just something that this group has done some, probably in preparation for when Nintendo releases something VR. So Yeah, but the, the, it, it seems like this is just uh, something they that they've preemptively done by, based on what I'm seeing here. Uh, the they jumped the is, gun, I feel like. Yeah. The funny thing is, the color scheme of the picture that I'm looking at immediately reminds me of the Virtual Boy. Yeah. <laughs> their, first, their first attempt in the 3D. Yeah. So, this, I was using this as more of a more of a segue. Um, and, and Brian, you did, did a little bit of research as well. Do you guys see that something like this, in even like a goggles to, or a Google Cardboard situation, do you guys see this being a not even necessarily a need, but a want for the Switch? No, not really. I didn't. I, yeah, I didn't think so either. Go ahead, Brian. It's it's really hard to say. I mean, Nintendo's always done innovative things, and sometimes they've worked out. Sometimes they haven't. Obviously, the first time they tried this was with with, with the uh, Virtual Boy. Virtual Boy. So. Do I think it's going to have any more success now? I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't think the hardware is where it needs to be to really give the experience that people want. Mm-hmm. However, at the right price point, with the you know a, an innovative way of making it work where it doesn't kill the experience, I could see people enjoying it. It's just it's going to come down to the price point. I, I mean, it's like the uh, PlayStation VR. It was at a pretty nice price point and. Even though I have one, I haven't actually used it a whole lot in the last two years. But I'm, I've been seeing more and more games coming out that's, you know, really making use of it. And it's actually doing pretty well from what I can see. So, you know, Nintendo's done a lot of things in the past. And I'm just kind of curious to see what exactly the unlocked VR mode in the system will be if they decide to move forward with it. I, I there, There's several different things that I feel like Nintendo could do with a 3D aspect. Do I think that it's absolutely needed? No. Do I think that it's going to be a game changer for them? No. Do I think that it might be a cool gimmick that they may try try out just because they're Nintendo? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz they do things like Makes that. Sense. They uh, um the the thing uh, we, we were talking about Arlo here a minute ago. Nintendo always seems to be the company that is that wild card. They, they do innovative things like that, and sometimes it works out for them, and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, the Wii was very innovative. I mean, was it necessarily the first of its kind? No, but it made it very popular and 
easily accessible. And I mean, that's why the Wii was such a huge success for Nintendo. It, it was just so different, but it worked. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, th- I think, though, that's really funny is just like the Motion Plus, the Switch is what everybody wanted out of the Wii U. Because remember when the, the Motion Plus came out? It, it did things that everybody assumed that the Wii would be able to do out of box, and it didn't. Right. I feel like the Switch is exactly what the Motion Plus was to the Wii U. Because, because it does things that people uh, that people assumed that the Wii U would be able to do. They thought that they would be able to just take the controller and uh, on on a trip, and they could use that. No, then you would still have to bring the whole unit with you. Well, Nintendo realized that they messed up, and they came out with the Switch. Yeah, after they kind of uh, tried out the Wii U in between there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They kind of pulled a Microsoft there where every other version of uh, Windows is kind of a test for their next. They kind of did that with the, uh, oh, the Wii man. U and the Switch. Yeah, yeah, the the, the Microsoft model. I Though, n- Nintendo, I, I have never been able to classify them right. Every once in a while, I'll think they're like Apple, and then I'll think they're like Microsoft. They just... They're they're their own thing, though. They they are their own thing. I I would still classify them as Apple. Because they they seem like they kind of hang back and they they take their time to figure out what uh, people want. And once they figure it out, they keep doing that thing until it's no longer relevant. That's true. (laughs) Um, So, Mike, go ahead and give us a HeartSpark plug, just for continuity. So, HeartSpark is coming to Amazon Books November 7th. And it will be in print around West Virginia shortly thereafter. And uh, I'll have to say, I got a physical proof back today. And I can't tell you how exciting that was. That's <laughs> awesome. To, to where I, I don't want to read it because if I find something, I'm like, I can't, I can't edit it now. But, um, but it's, uh, it's, it's just great to see the, the whole finished product there and ready. Did you uh, hand it to your son and go, if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. <laughs> I, uh, I did that's, that's my, my that's our geek trivia. That's our geek trivia right there. All what right. movie was that from? Breakfast Club. No. <laughs> I just made that up. I don't actually know. Brian, you want to try? It sounds my, familiar, my, but I cannot. I cannot think where that comes from. My my, my gut tells me Princess Bride, but I don't think that's right. Mm. It's not never ending story. story, is it? No, no. Uh, you're getting, you're getting, you're, you're right in that time period though. But, but we did think of it at the same time, so that should count for something. Yeah, yeah. The son said it to the father earlier in the movie. Is this Back to the Future? Is Back to the Future. Okay. Yeah, that was why that quote was so good because Marty had said it to George earlier off in the movie you, when, you know when he, when he was a kid. You, you know why it worked out for him? Why? Because he used the power of love. He used the power of love. <laughs> it's a curious thing. It is a curious thing. We're going to have to end this episode with a song now. I know. Oh, I don't know if I can. Uh, it might be. Hey, it might... I, I will tell you, I think if you keep it like short, you'll be all right. Um, I Fight Dragons does a, a cover of, of Power of Love, and they, they do the intro with um, the Back to Future music. Really? But, but in uh, the, the bit chip. 
<laughs> oh my, that'd be awesome. Thank you again for listening to RGCWV. Uh, if you want to send us a question or just tell us that we're doing a good job, you can send that um, via email to randomwvgeek at gmail.com. Again, that's randomwvgeek at gmail.com. Or you can send us a text or send us a voicemail even to 304 266 9777. Again, that's 304 566 9777. Mike, you want to say. Hey, Luke. Hey, who does our theme music? Um, that is actually um, a couple different people. Um, the person who actually composed that, I guess you would say, is uh, Mr. Michael Stewart. Uh, nice. Right right here in Fairmont, West Virginia. Um, you know Mike. And uh, he, he's done work with me in the past, and he, he does good stuff. He does do good stuff. Um, and then, of course, uh, the banjo part is actually done by uh, Todd Ryder. And um, this is actually more or less um, a uh, band project that Mike is doing. It's actually The FMs is the name of the band, um, his current project band that he's, okay. he's working with. Um, they're mostly synth. And um, I think they've got um, a set here coming up here, I think in December, maybe. Um, but uh, uh, if you guys uh, see The FMs, uh, I would definitely say check them out. They're they're pretty good. Brian, have you heard the uh, intro song? Yes, I have. It, it doesn't it sound awesome? It does. Yeah, and I know that the 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 song is not specifically West Virginia, but it's it makes me think, think of, of West Virginia, Virginia every, every time, time I, I hear that, that song. song. I, don't I don't know about, about you. you. Yeah, I can absolutely see that. It, it's definitely well done, and it definitely sounds great. Yeah, uh, I, I think, think the, the banjo, banjo is just a great addition to it, too. It's uh, customary yeah. for our guests to say, welcome to the end. Okay, welcome to the end. You can say it too, Mike. Welcome to the end. I'm going to go take a NyQuil. <laughs> welcome to the end, everybody. Our love is a curious thing. Make a one-man weep, make another man sing. Change in a heart.